afternoon and good night and welcome to the Amateur Otaku Podcast. We are so excited to be here with you today. I am Brandon Alvarado, the Scarlet Fan, and as always, I am accompanied by the one, the only, the mad, Isaac Wolf. What's up, man? Hey, man. Only, only Isaac in a in a show that's about anime that we're gonna highlight samurais, he would highlight westerns. I mean samurai movies is basically Japanese westerns. Hey, 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 we're not asking you to talk logic, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We're just we're just pointing to the fact that that you did something perfect, even though it was weird. Hey, hey man, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm awesome. Doing good. I'm go- uh, getting crazier than usual. That's good because now you're energized. We're recording in a in a reasonable time before curfew, before everybody's shut into their homes late at night. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, 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 the moon so- probably just came out in Sweden, right? It's not that bad. It's not that late. <laughs> it's uh, seven. Uh, 7 12 p.m. here in Sweden, as opposed to the usual 2 3 in the morning when we record, huh? See, yeah. I'm considerate sometimes. It only took us 20 episodes for me to call you at a reasonable time to record, <laughs> and I'm here in my full power. Oh, I'm scared now. I, I'm gonna step back. <laughs> <laughs> so, Isaac, we're gonna do something awesome today, um, guys. Welcome again to the Amateur Otaku Podcast, your awesome place to talk anime, um, old, new, good classics. Um, this is episode 20, as you heard me say to Asik before, it is actually the season one finale. We are so excited to talk anime with you guys, and specifically, we got a special thing for you guys. Um, episode one, for those that remember our archive, episode one started with a, a two-parter um, analysis and review of the Alita Battle Angel live action movie based on the popular manga Battle Angel Alita. And, and we're actually about to start or end season one with another live action adaptation. But this one's special. This one's particular because this one is a series and the series is good. And I think that so many anime lovers out there, either because they don't know the anime or they don't know the manga, haven't really taken the time to look for it or didn't even know that this exists. But before I saw Alita, and sadly after I saw the horridness that is Death Note (laughs) Landon, and and the horridness that was Full Metal Alchemist, or the poor attempt that it did a live action... And, of course, after Isaac saved my life and told me, do not watch the Attack on Titan movies, which I won't. Um, you know, but, you the may... Death Note and the Full Metal Alchemist movie looks like um, masterpieces in comparison. Wow, I, I am so sorry you have to go through that. For some reason, I feel <coughs> today that you're going to be so angry at me that you're going to dare me to just do it. And then we're gonna have another angry, explicit recording. So, dude, I I, I had you to watch uh, 
uh, the end of Evangelion movie that you still have to post. Uh, I, I know, I know. I'm a horrible human being and podcaster. Can, can we get through this episode? <laughs> and uh, for yes. what is that movie? It's more than enough until oh, I find true. something more insane. That is true. what. What's more insane? Who knows? Oh boy. Um, but yes, um, since we're throwing our dirty laundry out there, yes, we've recorded reviews and very weird commentary on the Evangelion movies. I just haven't taken the time to put them out there, but it's coming season two. Um, okay, so as I was saying, <laughs> after watching a great anime adaptation of Alita Battle Angel, and after watching um, the horrible ones like Full Metal Alchemist and um, uh, Death Note on Netflix. Um, before all that, I had seen one of what I consider to be the best anime adaptation I have ever seen in live action. And I'm, I'm, it's safe to say that it still holds up. Um, Isaac saw it, and we thought it was perfect for us to talk about this because it's like talking about a classic anime um, series and manga because this is from an, this is based on an anime from the late 90s. Um, but it's a beloved manga in Japan and the U.S. that it had multiple iterations, multiple OVAs, a final arc that was never animated, um, and apparently has another two movies coming out, which is crazy. Um, and we're gonna talk- <laughs> thank you. So, and we're gonna talk about the one and only anime adaptations of Rurouni Kenshin, the great. Samurai series of the late nineties. Um, I loved this when I was a kid. Um, these adaptations capture the essence of this anime, and I can't wait to break this down. Isaac, I'm excited. Are you excited? I have sharpened my blade. Ooh. I don't know to be scared or to laugh or to just go back and go ooh. I don't know what to say to that. What do you say to someone that goes, I've sharpened my blade? Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Is this blade made out of puns? Because that's kind of what I'm seeing. Is that I don't know. Maybe that's my punishment to you? Uh, I had to ask. <laughs> I had to ask. It's, uh... It's a cold and lonely night here in Florida. It's... Uh... <laughs> okay, so I think without further ado, we should get into these movies. What do you think? Like I said, I sharpen my blade. Okay, I won't open that door again. So I'm gonna do a quick recap of pretty much what the anime and what the live action movies cover, and then we'll jump right into that discussion because we also have a, uh, a listener question that we want to cover, and we also have a topic that we want to discuss in this action-packed episode, and I'm going to bring my hype down because then you won't be able, I don't want you, I don't want this recording to be you, me screaming in your ears, unless you're into that kind of thing, I mean, shoot me a DM, no, So, here's a a quick recap on what Ruin Kenshin is about. Kenshin Himura wanders across Meiji area Japan, searching for a way to offer his skills as a swordsman for the sake of life and justice, trying to atone for all the lives that his blade took in name of progress. 
known as feared as Hitokiri Batosai, the manslayer, Kenshin hopes to leave his murderous past behind him with the help of Karu Kamiya, sensei of the life-avowing style dojo, and the immortal friendships that he builds along the way. With his vow to never kill, immortalized in his reverse blade sword, the Sakabatoso, Kenshin faces his past in order to discover whether or not redemption is something within reach. This is the awesome tale of Kenshin Yamura, the Rurouni Kenshin. So, you got this guy. Damn it, I just described the Western. Why did you put that idea in my head, Isaac? You gotta stop invading my brain. Even though it's cool. Um, you, wanna do the, you wanna do the music again? Do the music. Oh, good. I got, I got you. I got you. Uh, I got you on speed dial. Do the music again. Damn it! See why you make me look bad. Okay, so, so pretty much the Ronnie Kenshin movies are, or and the series follow Kenshin Himura. He used to be this killer in the war um, for the free Meiji Progress Japan. He makes the vow to never kill again. By acquiring, by using this new weapon, which is a reverse blade sword, it is a it is a sword or a katana that has the edge on the out on the opposite edge that cuts. So the front of the blade is blunt, so it hits really hard but doesn't cut anything. But at, but the one that cuts, he would have to turn the blade to the other side, or if anything, he would cut himself. So because now he just wants to help people instead of killing them, he vows not to kill thinking that he can do good after all the bad and all the blood that he has shed. It's a very touching story. It's very mature. Um, the relationships feel real. The action is fascinating. It's fantastic. It's really quick. It reminds you of Dragon Ball Sea with swords, but you can actually understand everything that's happening <laughs> instead of a lot of blue, a lot of blurs and then one punch hitting someone. This, you actually see every single blade um, clash and techniques they all have special moves um i don't know it's it's an anime in perfect form and i think what i love about the movies more than anything is that they capture all the elements of the show that you love the slapstick doesn't kind of quite land like the anime does but i think that that has to do because animation is a lot better in portraying slapstick because they do awkward animations as opposed to the regular one and you can tell the difference and you kind of enjoy it that much like the big eyes and stuff like that and of course they're very much a 90s anime which is known i think most 90s anime whether it's serious or mature has its share of slapstick moments as iconized by one of your favorites isaac which is dragon ball that they're the kings of slapstick comedy <laughs> and awesome battles um but let's talk about let's talk about the movies. Um, we're, we're so far we've seen the first three movies, which is Rurouni Kenshin Part One Origins, Rurouni Kenshin Part Two Kyoto Inferno, and Rurouni Kenshin Part Three The Legend Ends. These movies came out. I think they all came out around the same year, which is between 2014 and 2015. These movies made a ton of money in the box office, especially overseas, because they are made by Warner Brothers Japan. Um, I think I don't know if they ever released in theaters. Here in the United States, I don't know if they probably released in Sweden or in that neck of woods for you. They um, never released in Sweden, uh, as far as I know. The yeah, I, copy, uh, the copies I own is imported from uh, England. Mm. So, oh, so most of so so most of the things you have come from England. 
Snorder. Okay. So I learned about these movies because I'm I'm always in YouTube and I saw a trailer and I was like, what the hell is going on? Um, and I found them. I, I rented them on Vudu because Vudu tends to have a pretty good international market when it comes to DVDs, rentals, and stuff like that. So I was able to catch them there and I saw them like five years ago and I loved them and I loved them again, rewatching them. Like we were just going to originally, right, Isaac? We were only going to do the first one and then we just ended up watching them all because they're they're just pretty awesome um but before we jump into the movie per se um what do you know about the show um isaac like have you seen this anime before it is your only relationship to this the movies like do you recognize the characters the only don't the only thing i knew about it before was that it was a western I have never seen or read it. Uh, the first uh, exposure of the franchise I ever had was these movies. Did you? Did you? Um. Okay, so do, watching the movies, since you didn't have any relationship with the with the anime or anything like that, um, and you just watched the movies, like you just said, um, as a movie, like in and of itself, if you didn't know it was an anime movie, would you still say that it's a good movie? It's a Western movie. Is it a good movie? <laughs> Would you enjoy it if you didn't know it was a live action adaptation, or did that add to you enjoying it? I, uh, someone that uh, walked into blind, I, I enjoyed it. Okay. But this comes from someone that uh, quite enjoys uh, Japanese cinema, so I don't know if, <clears throat> if you are not. Uh, uh, if you are someone that prefers big Hollywood blockbusters, I don't know if you would uh, would enjoy it that much, but I think you would uh, have a good time watching it. Okay. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's one of those movies that doesn't feel as big as a Hollywood production. But it, but it is a quality production. It's but in a smaller scale, as opposed to it being like a Michael Bay Transformers film. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, th- I, th- I think that's kind of what you're trying to say, um, and I do agree with it. Um, especially because this is a movie that you can tell that a lot of the locations that they use, they're they're sets that have been built. Um, they're not like filming on location. There is very rare use of green screen, even when it's done, especially in the second and third movie when it comes to like doing the big set pieces at the end of the film um you do see the use of cg but it just enhances the sets that they already have yeah. but um yep uh, the japanese movie industry doesn't uh isn't on par with the uh, cgi uh, area as the western audience which is why they are more in line to use uh, uh, practical effects and more and more stunts like the the classical line works that you often see people talk about when you talk about old school uh, Japanese movies. Mm-hmm. Iron Monkey, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, um, Jet Li's Hero, like all those movies like that, right? Um, where they, where all you see this, this, this high-end fancy kung fu, but it looks like it's an art form, you know? Um, it's not like this rough circus act there's a there's a there's a grace to it and you can see 
a lot of that used in these movies to to show off the immense skill of these sword masters because you see multiple multiple sword masters um, at play like you have Kenshin with a Hitomitsurugi style um, you, which is a sword I think it's soaring sky dragon style that's translation because I'm a geek like that you have Saito which has his his style from the Shingen 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 Shima I, I don't remember actually I'm quoting Titans I'm sorry that's not his name um, but Saito has his own style Sanosuke, he's just punching people, which um, to me, he kind of they didn't reuse him that well in this movie in this trilogy. Um, you have um, Ayoshi of the Oniwaban group. You have you have Shichio. There's this I don't know I, I I I liked all the practical effects, but more importantly, I think what this movie got right is that they took seriously what one of the most important things of this anime, which is the action, like that. This just like Dragon Ball and an anime from the '90s, um, the Roni Kenshin series is known for its battles. Like you have battles that go over three, four episodes between two characters, and it's just these two. And because they're using swords, the the idea of cuts, blood, um, how they're wearing out—they're not superhuman. So you do see them sweat and and get tired. Like that intensity um, looks in their eyes. I mean, it's all like I keep going back to the to the to you know what? I think you actually played Inception with me, Isaac, because now every time I'm talking, the Western word comes in my mind. It's like, damn it, he's right. <laughs> I'm um, always right. Okay, it took me a season to find out. I still don't agree though. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, I, I love how this movie captures all these movies capture the action. Um, at times, you kind of feel that it feels over the top sword playing. Like people don't really do that with a sword, but I think I think the key is, in my opinion, the the sword play and the battles look real enough that you don't lose enjoy them enjoyment of them. Does that make sense? Yeah, because because there's a thing where a fight looks too like <clears throat> Iron Fist, where you can tell that it's choreographed. Hey, the second season was way better, and it okay. looks like they cared. Okay, season one of Iron Fist. <laughs> um, you can tell. Well, that's the thing, though. He barely fought in season two. You mostly saw Colleen Wing and the other characters. <laughs> He was mostly sidelined through season two. Don't if you if you look at it, you know I'm right. He was front and center in season one. In season two, everything kind of drifted away from him, and you mostly saw everybody else fighting. <laughs> I mean, that's just me. But but does it make sense what I'm saying? Like like they look they look real enough that when you see the outlandish things that they do with the blade or the weird techniques or the really fast movements or and all that, it looks cool. It feels novel. It doesn't feel like, like something that's out of place. Or once I, I do understand where you're coming from. Oh well, thank you. I try. I mean, it only took us. I don't know. I mean, I still don't understand what you're saying until I feel the ideas that you try to plant infest my brain, and then suddenly I'm your puppet. Exactly. Well, that got dark. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes. So, so the movie has an amazing action. And I think um, and the best a lot thing of, of uh, Japanese pop. 
a lot of what? Uh, Japanese pop. Yes, yes. Which is the only thing that's kind of weird. But then when you actually look at the at the cast, they're all like pop singers. So it's like, okay, that's fine. Makes sense. And then you have like a Batman theme to Kenshin in the beginning and the end of the movie that 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 has no like original era instruments. Like like for example, part of me kind of thinks about if I'm gonna listen to a soundtrack of a Kenshin movie, I'm thinking of a Hans Zimmer, Last Samurai kind of vibe where you have like traditional instruments. No, this one has the freaking bass dropping and <laughs> so the score was like all over the place. But um I don't know. The battles are great. Um, and I like how you can tell that the actors did all their own stuff, or mostly. So it really doesn't it adds to the to the like like it adds to the likable illusion that these are real characters, these are real people doing these crazy stuff. Um I like how they double down on the drama. And I like how a lot of the things that you saw... I mean, you you, you probably won't know because I know you haven't seen the anime. But for those that have seen the Roni Kenshin anime, or Samurai X, as it's known in some places for some weird reason. Um, and you see that a lot of the sets that they made, they're like literally come to life from the book and from the show. Like the dojo for, for Karu looks exactly as... The dojo from Karu. Um, the, the mansion for that guy that sells opium looks just like that. All the all the clothes that they have look like the clothes that these characters have. All the weapons look like the weapons they have. All the fighting styles look like the fighting styles that these guys do and, and act on. And, and and none of the and I like that all the costumes, all the costumes, they don't look um excessively characteristic they look like real clothes you know what i mean like a lot of movies make the mistake of oh we got to make sure that they know this guy is this guy so let's make sure that he has like the nice little feathers like you don't have to do that all the time you know what i mean that's like the joke from x-men one where like where like wolverine is like saying like hey why do you have to wear this leather and then cyclops go what do you think yellow spandex <laughs> like <laughs> sometimes it's funny how that's the kind of X-Men is the kind of franchise that kind of can make fun of itself. It's like the only series that has done that because you have that and then you have Deadpool making fun of it. And then even though Cyclops made fun of the dress, the costumes in the first one and X-Men first class, they are wearing that yellow spandex. <laughs> but it looks good, though. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, like all the clothes that you see, they are like what you see in the book and the anime, but it doesn't look overtly done. It looks like real plain clothes. It doesn't feel like cosplay, which I think is the mistake that some some movies, whether it's a superhero movie, whether it's an adaptation from a book or from the anime, that's the biggest mistake. Some people try too hard. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I get what you mean. And, 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 I, and I think it's safe to say for those listening out there that... Uh, in the Kenjin movies, they don't, and it's funny, and they and they know how to play too because for the length, like the traditional clothes that Kenjin wears, like in throughout the whole series, like he never changes clothes because I don't know he's a dirty animal. Um, he always has like the red. I don't know. If, I don't want to call it a kimono. I think that's like a woman's attire. I don't know what you call what men men wear. 
I don't know either. So let's call it a Manono. Let's call it Manono. So Kenshin's Manono. <laughs> um, what? Kimono for women, Manono for no. Okay. So Kenshin's Manono. You do know how that sound, right? It's a no- Manono. I don't know what it is. Do I want to know what it sounds like, Isaac? No. Okay. So Kenshin's man dress, um, he has. Getting better. It's 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 getting worse or better. Both. Okay. So I'm probably gonna get really bad angry DMs of people because I don't know how clothes are called. Um. Yep. So, I'll take it. So the Minonos. So. Damn it! Can I just say this about the clothes without me feeling guilty with my life? Um, so, so Kenshin's man dress—it's normal. Damn it! It's normally like the red shirt and the white pants. That's like the thing, right? And then the sandals. So, like throughout the whole movie, he's all, he's wearing everything like in gray, and and it's not till like the key moments. That he actually wears the traditional. And when he wears it, it's like, yeah. And it's funny because you know for a fact that this is not a superhero movie. So there's no like superhero transition or transformation. You know what I mean? Like when you're watching Batman, it's like you watch Batman Begins. You watch the first hour of him just as Bruce Wayne. And when he puts the suit for the first time, you're like, yes. You know what I mean? Like there's no moment like that in this. But... You kind of get that when you actually see him with the clothes. And you're like, yes. Like, it's really happening. He's going to kick ass. And yeah. I don't know. The movies do a great job to capture the the arts of the show. So let's talk about that. So I know you haven't seen the anime. I know you only watched the movie. Um, do you have a favorite one? One that you enjoyed the most? Or, do you, or, do you, or did you watch it like in a row? And you just have appreciation for the series? Like, what, where do you stand with this? I just have an appreciation with the series, and honestly, the I just um, how should I put it? I just li- uh, like the trilogy as a whole. It wasn't uh, the thing that stood out to me was well, the main character that kind of feel like uh, how should I put it? Something you can uh, r- read in a. a Western comic book, honestly. Yes, uh, none of us is the war heroes, but it's he still feels more relatable uh, and down to earth than, let's say, Batman or right. Iron right. Man and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's something about his character, like um, I know I, I find it fascinating that you mentioned, like we're not war heroes, we're not. We have not served in the military or anything like that. So we don't know what it is to face battle or and 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 here's talking about the dramatic angle of the sh- of this of the series and of the movies that they capture very well because um they don't just get the action right, they don't just get the costume right, they don't just get the sets right, but the whole dramatic angle of the story, which is this person that has done the unspeakable for the sake of the progress of his country. Um, he's like a war hero for some people. He's feared by others because of the many lives that he had to take because he was an assassin um this is someone that has done horrible things and then you have you have the two i mean <clears throat> i'm gonna sign i'm gonna sound this like changing the tone a little bit um like i'm oversimplifying everything and i'm not that's not my intention at all 
Um, but uh, the people that have been through war, um, you have different, there's different types of people. Like you have the people that come back normal for whatever reason. You have the people that are traumatized and their life is on a stop because of the trauma of what they did or what they faced or what they went through. Where PTSD pretty much has their life stuck in a, in a position, in an angle. And then you have those that are not necessarily traumatized by what they suffered. They traumatized by what they did. So they're living, they decide to do whatever they can to make up for that. Because even though it was done for a quote-unquote good cause, um, their lives are still their lives are still in this loop where the rest of their lives now, because of the atrocities they were part of, they need to make up for it. You know what I mean? And and I like how they explore that with Kenshin. Like Kenshin is is this person that has this he's like the greatest swordsman that ever lived, to a degree. And he doesn't want to practice, he doesn't want to teach, he doesn't want to be the swordsman that he was because he knows that people will die on his hands because of his skill. So he does what so he changes his blade. So from a blade that cuts in an instant, it's a blade that just hurts in an instant because it doesn't cut anymore. Um so that reverse blade sword is is vow. So now he's using his skills to help people that people from his past is trying to hurt. And that's his way of entailment. But the beauty about it is is that he doesn't stay in that, I would say, disgraced hero state. You know what I mean? Like, like they just look for constant rec- atonement all the time and thinking that they can just die at any moment. Because a lot of these, like it happens, it happens even, I've never been through this much, but we've all been, anybody that's dealt with depression or anybody that's dealt with a tough emotional situation knows how helpless it is to f- to face certain things in life. And sometimes you feel that that probably life will be better for others without you. But then the thing with Kenshin that I love about the most, that you mostly see towards the third movie, without giving too much spoilers, is the idea that the only way that he can be the hero that his family needs is by recognizing that his life matters. That he still has a life to live. And he can use that life for the sake of others. And that he cannot really atone and he cannot really be the hero or be the help that he wants to be unless he values himself first. So, in essence, uh uh, the only thing he needed was to call a lifeline. True. And, And I like how, even in that era of Japan, his lifeline became, like, Kaoru pretty much became his lifeline his friends became his lifeline because at the end of the day we underestimate how close people are willing to get to us to help us that we never call for help you know what i mean which is why you don't want to keep your way, yourself away from people and i like how how one of the things that you constantly see is that even though when kenshin kind of like throws himself into the hole because he, because the whole thing about the Kyoto arc, for example, is that because Japan is kind of descending again into this troubled place because of Makoto Shishio, which is the pretty much the main villain of the last two movies, 
Um, he kind of leaves everything behind. All the progress that he's made with his friends, he's in a better place in his life after everything that's happened. He leaves it all behind because he feels that he needs to go back to the to that past instead of just moving forward. And then it is when all his friends go go to go get him that those are the little things that open his eyes. And I don't know. It's, so it's, he, so they went all. Uh... My Little Pony. It's that what you're saying. I don't know what to say to... <laughs> I don't know what to say about that, but if I'm going to be Twilight Sparkle... Um... Sparkle, Sparkle, Sparkle. Sparkle, Sparkle. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much did what I, it is. Uh, did I seriously make uh, Thomas, uh, the tank engine reference in a, in a podcast episode about the samurais. Uh, when you? Well, you got you. You always tend to outdo yourself, sir. Um, eh, good point. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there's so much depth to this story because it's I don't know. It's a great war story. It's a great war story, and and some of the best stories that you have that are war dramas are not necessarily about the battle that they face at war because you rarely see those the interesting ones are what happens to someone that has been exposed to so much violence after the war ends and it is a story of this guy trying to find something good to do with everything that he has because it's like i mean there's and and it's and it talks and it's really hard i mean i i've never been through this um, I've rarely, I, I, I know I've met people that go through this, probably not personally and like intimately, you know what I mean? But it's gotta be something, you know, it's, it's not easy to readjust it because it's two different worlds, two different realities. Um, but I like how they do it in these movies with such respect. They treat these characters like real characters. Um, and I don't know, man, they're so, I, I like how that is also stemming or comes from the anime because the anime does all this. The anime touches these themes seriously. Yes, it has moments of slapstick. Yes, it has awesome battles, but it does take its time to ask these questions and to and to tackle these arguments, which is why the Roni Kenshin manga and anime is considered one of the best animes of all time. Um, and we're talking about it today. And we're talking about the trilogy, which you should definitely go see look it up and watch it um and they're making two more isaac can you believe they're making two more i'm sorry uh, did i say that too loud <laughs> yeah no game yeah. Uh, no game yeah. 51 piece oh wow you're bringing that back you're going exactly. you're going all out um <laughs> but yeah uh i i'm, I'm so excited um now it's three movies, guys. It's available on Funimation if you have a membership. If you have not done a free trial, do the free trial for Funimation for seven days and watch at least the first one. Wherein we are not steering you wrong. You need to watch these live action adaptations. They are fantastic. Um, they do great to the character, great to the source material. If you if you wanna look at the source material, watch the first three episodes. There's a lot that happens in those first three to five episodes of Roni Kenshin. That is good enough for you to see what to expect in the movie, and you see the, and you'll see that we're not wrong. They actually do a great recreation of the big dojo bout 
Um, you know the the there's a big battle that happens in the dojo where Kenshin saves Karu for the second time and actually reveals himself as a Batosai. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where they're like so that that is literally to a degree a frame by frame, not frame by frame, but it's literally a complete recreation of the of the pilot of that series. Hmm. Because that's technically what happened, something like that. Different characters, but practically like that. And it's done very, very, very well. Um, but yeah, um, these movies, should, you definitely see them. Yes, Makoto Shishio and his Ten Swords are all characters that are over the top. But they're pretty cool the way they're depicted. Especially Sojiro is perfect the way they depict it in the movie. Shishio is awesome and perfect how they depict him in the movie. Um, especially in his bandage glory. Um, a lot of BDSM jokes, but I'm I'm gonna stop. Um, Where there's so much, yeah. Wow, I don't know what to say to you, Isaac. What the hell is that? <laughs> when there's <laughs> a whip, <laughs> that's a song from a um, animated adaptation of Return of the King. No, I'm not kidding. I can link oh that one later. Wow. I I don't okay, I'm gonna try and move on <laughs> without my head exploding. Um <laughs> but Rauch, yes. I, I believe it was Rauchkin Basks uh, that made that adaptation, but I uh, can I might misremember. Volkswagen Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that's my safety word. Whenever we're recording and something's gone off the rails, I'm just gonna scream. <laughs> Volkswagen. We need to stop. Volkswagen. <laughs> Not okay. Opel. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, so, yes. Um, if you're a fan of Ronnie Kenshin, I think the only point of disappointment to a degree, at least for me as a fan, was um, I would have liked to see more of Sanosuke Sagara's story. And here's, here's the thing. I'm going to give you a little bit of this. I'm going to spoil this a little bit from the anime. Isaac, you're going to enjoy this. Even though I know you enjoy torturing me with puns more, I think you'll enjoy this just a little bit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. So, so, like, throughout the show, because Ronnie Kenshin is like the, the, he's like a one-punch man kind of person. Like, he's super strong. He's like super, like, the only real level up thing that you find him doing is when he goes to see his master. Which we see play out in the third movie, like in the show, to learn the ultimate technique, right? Because he learns the. I I remember I was in I was in middle school, and high school. This is a tangent, by the way. And when I learned the ultimate technique or the name, I I felt so cool. I was like, "Hitemiterugi style, amakakeruryo no hirameki." I I don't know. I just I would just repeat it endlessly, at the wall. So um, I really enjoyed myself. And there was like a bunch of friends that we like all loved the show. And okay, so back to my, I'm going back to my point. So Sonosuke actually has like a training montage because he actually like. I on the tiger is the thrill of the fight. You're the worst soundboard ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like you talk back to me, but you, all you do is like knock me off my chair. Volkswagen. Okay. <laughs> So, so, um, so he has like this training montage and he learns like this particular punching technique 
and it has like a very fancy name. It's called the Fukai no Kiwami. Yeah, it's like it has like Wami in the name. It's like Wami. No. You imagine? You actually want? He's actually the kind of character that will walk around and go Wami, Wami. No, I'm sorry. Or eat chickens. Um. So. So, so he has like. So can take a fried chicken uh, uh, originate from Verona uh, Kenshin? Now I know that. So whammy. So, so Fukai no Kiwami is a technique where he's like, and it's funny because in the anime, they kind of show you how he puts the fingers and then you try to do it and then you break your hand. And <laughs> I didn't break my hand. I almost did. So, um, but it's like, Why I'm not time- surprised. But every time, stop it. But not every time. But every time he punches now, like everything explodes. And like, I would have loved to, like, like yes, they treated him, they, they like emphasize his over the top characteristic of being over the top character. And that didn't make sense. But they didn't take time to like develop him as a fighter. And I would have liked that. I felt that they missed an opportunity. And. I also wanted to see more Saito fighting because Saito is like a super killer swordsman. And in the anime, there's this fantastic battle between Kenshin and Saito. And it's like freaking amazing. But I know they didn't have time. They wanted to focus more on Kenshin and the overall arc. And I appreciate that they they like for the first time you see an adaptation that chooses to not put things in there. But they put in so much good stuff that even though you kind of miss certain things, you're like, you know what? I know why you did it. I'm okay. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to try and like riot on Twitter and get people against you, Japan. I do not like pop singers, but I'm not going to do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, I I still find it kind of funny that all the characters in this movie, all the actors are all pop singers. So I I, kind of wait now when I'm going to see the new ones because yes, um, Three movies just came out, and even though the third one is called The Legend Ends, they're going to put out two more Running Kenshin movies with the same cast. And they're coming out this year, Isaac. They're coming out this year. Um, There's a pun there, but I'm not going to do it because th- that would be too sharp. One <laughs> with it a pun. So, you're, bro, you're like the inception, the inceptionist of pun artists. There's a pun inside a pun inside of another pun. You're like you're like freaking Daniel Craig with his donuts. That's you. That's you right now. Like your donut hole inside of another donut. Exactly. Um, why did I explain your pun? What am I doing? Volkswagen. Um Okay, I'm going to stop. So so yes, we have three great trilogy movies that are awesome. We thought that was the end of it, but now we just found out they just released a trailer like 3 days ago. That we have two more Ronnie Kenshin movies coming, and I'm so excited. And they have the same cast, same production design, so we know that we can expect the same quality. Um, but before I say that, I do want to say this for fans of the show. They capture the Angie fight from the beginning perfectly. They capture a great Aoshi and Kenshin fight. They capture a two great Sojiro and Kenshin fights. And they have a pretty awesome bout with Shishio at the end. They do a great job to honor this anime. You need to go see the Roni Kenshin movies. They are fantastic. Now, Isaac, I have a piece of trivia for you. 
that I know is going to get your blood boiling. Are you ready for this? I don't know. You tell me. Okay, so... um, <laughs> So, I don't know if you know this. Well, actually, I know you don't know this. Dan and Brandon, talk like a normal person. So... So the Roni Kenshin manga, it's pretty much over, right? It ended like in volume 28, blah, 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 back in 2000, whatever. So after the Shishio arc, which, like, which is like the main arc of the show, or the most popular one, um, the manga wasn't over, so they kept making the anime, but all they were doing was filler episodes. And because the quality of the filler stories was so bad, they canceled the show. So even by the time the manga ended, the show was never finished. So they never took it back up and actually finished it, which is very, very sad. So like the last main arc of the story was never animated. And that's the story that the movies are going to cover. So the interesting thing is that the two new movies that we're going to see are going to capture that that they never animated for the show, which is very interesting. So a very popular manga that never ended got movie adaptations that will end the story properly. That's never that's happened a, before. And that's that's a cool. weird inception, man. It's I know. I know. See, I knew you I know you would like it. I know I knew you enjoy this. But yeah, like like if you I, did, you, did you see the link to the trailer that I sent you? Yeah. yeah. And that so, uh, you and uh, you know what? Yeah. You can call this on an artistic inceptional description. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, they're called the beginning, the end, or something like that, right? Or like the final and the beginning, or I don't know. They have weird names. But it's two movies, and they're going to cover the famous Jinsho arc. Like, if you remember in the trailer, there's like a guy with like round sunglasses and like white hair. Yeah. That's like the final villain of the manga. So it's like, I don't know. I find it funny that I never So now. I, I technically don't have to be responsible and buy the manga, which I was kind of considering doing. It's like, oh, you're going to do a movie. Okay. I don't got to read it. I'm going to be lazy about it. <laughs> I'm just going to wait for the movies to come out. So I wouldn't even know. But the cool thing is that like him, like Shishio, so supposedly the whole thing about it, and there's like a teaser for those that interest this. So the thing about this Jinsho arc is that Jinsho has like a, a very direct relationship to Kenshin. I think he's related somehow to. Do you know that the X the X scar on his cheek, right? He Kenshin has a X shaped scar, a cross yeah. shaped scar. So one of the one of those scars was provided to him by a young guard that he killed, right? Yeah. The other side of the scar was given to him by the fiance of that guy. Yeah, I know. So if I'm not mistaken, Jinsho is the brother of the guy he killed. So he's directly related to that event in his life. So it's like super personal or whatever. And the whole thing is that he actually puts a group together of people that they all have a personal vendetta against Kenshin. So it's like it gets real up in here. 
and then the, and then he does the whole thing like he kind of fakes Karu's death, and it's like, I don't know, man. It's gonna be nuts, man. It's gonna be nuts. I'm excited. I'm excited. Are you excited, Isaac? Are you excited? Yeah. Okay. Uh- <laughs> I think I'm amped up on espresso coffee. I should probably not do that before we record. But I kind of like the energy, but I kind of feel like I'm I'm overpowering you. <laughs> you're like a you're a soul uh, bunny. I'm a soul bunny? Is that you're even a, a cell thing? bunny? I'm a cell bunny. You're a cell. There's a battery uh, a battery <laughs> here called the Duracell where there Yes. There yes. Uh, Commercial is a uh, toy bunny connected. Isn't that the Energizer? No. Is Duracell? Yeah, Duracell is a battery. Right, right, right. But the Energizer, but there's such a thing as the Energizer bunny. And it kind of has oh. like a drum. That's the Energizer bunny. Yes. Uh, oh, so that's what you call it. And, uh... I mean, if the thing of Sweden is to put Duracell batteries on an Energizer bunny, is that the thing? I mean, Hey, <laughs> I don't know. That's weird. So, do they, so they have Duracell bunnies, or did you mistake it with the Energizer one? Eh, who knows at this point? All we know it's a bunny, and it's like running around, and apparently I look like a bunny. And okay, let's get this show back on track, and let's leave the bunny stuff. You know what I mean? Off the air, okay? Um, no comment. <laughs> okay, I might cut this one. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, so yes. So that's, those are our thoughts in Madness on the Roni Kenshin movie. This mo- This trilogy movie is amazing. Um, it does capture the essence of the anime. You definitely need to watch this. And if you do catch it and you do watch it, please... Let us know in the comments what you thought about it. We think it's awesome and it needs more notoriety um, because they were amazing. So the only thing I probably has uh, I'm uh, not that big of a fan of with these movies is the quote unquote uh, cost of the love interest. Uh, the if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Is the age difference? Yep. What is it like? Fifteen years. But I then again, well, 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 well. I'm gonna say this though. Keep in mind though, if we look at the age of the characters, even though the actors, I know there's a difference. Kenshin is probably twenty nine, thirty years old, and Karu is maybe like twenty one. So it's not that big of a difference, because remember. Kenshin, I think, started working for the for the Meiji or for the Meiji government when he was like fifteen or sixteen. They won the war yeah, when it was. That... I, I I know what you. There... How should I put it? Um, how should I put it? You know how in the Game of Thrones, uh, a certain the Dragon Queen is uh, an adult in uh, the right in the book. She's like fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think they should have done something along those lines here. It's not as bad as the books uh, of the Game of Thrones books, but 
it's still jarring uh, for me at least. Yeah, uh, I can see that. But see, I personally, I, I know what you're saying, but I, I don't know if that comes directly from you knowing the age of the actors or because the actors look very old. Because to me, I don't notice that much age difference between them when I see them. Like only when I actually research, then I kind of go like, oh, shit. And the fact that it's like, and the fact that it's like um, a Japanese drama or story is that they don't get, you don't get like the closeness that you see in Western television where everything is like, oh, look, there's a boob. You know, it, this doesn't happen. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but still. No, no, I, I, I know. I, I, it's sort of like uh, I, I, I can see I can see what you're saying. I can see what you're saying. It's sort of like in a Fire Emblem game. Yes, I'm pl- I'm gonna plug a Fire Emblem in this, but it makes sense. There is, uh, <laughs> Opal. But anyway, <laughs> there's a character in uh, the first uh, Western released Fire Emblem game that in the original in the Japanese versions she's 16, but in the uh, Western release, they have uh, uh, she's uh, they have dubbed her uh, to eighteen because uh, yeah no I got seven. you no I because... I got you it, it it is it is a uh, it is a valid point sir. It is a valid point. So let's make sure that for the next Kenshin movie, we hire Susan Sarandon for the role of Kaoru. Ooh. So Susan Sarandon. So she's properly aged out. And, um, well, and then... I don't. I don't know what. Uh, who <laughs> you don't know who is. Susan Sarandon is? You really don't know. Come on, bro. Um, do you remember? Um, let me see what movie I can. Do you remember? Um, Stepmom. Uh, haven't seen. Uh, seen it. Yeah. Damn it, I don't know any... Did you ever see the movie Shall We Dance with Richard Gere? Nope. Uh, uh, Susan Sarandon. Damn it, I got no movies in my mind. Um, Thelma and Louise? Nope. Okay, I I guess I have... Oh, um... Nope, I got nothing. Okay, uh, um, Diane Keaton? Nope. I okay. haven't... Uh... I if that's thinking, a movie, I haven't seen Okay, it. let's put it this way. She's a very popular, very nice 60-year-old lady. <laughs> oh, my. That I was... That you, I, want, uh, you want uh, Kenshin to go, uh, go get some mashore meat? That's what <laughs> you're saying. That is not what I wanted this, po- this podcast to become. That is what you have made it. I'm trying Ooh. to validate your point, even though I don't entirely see eye to eye to you or see your concerns. I do understand what you're saying. You know what? Volkswagen. Volkswagen. <laughs> Where they're so wet. They're so wet. Hashtag Cougar. Um, so, so we're not... You made me do a spit take, goddammit. That's, that's, that's why I'm here. Okay, so we have two more things to do. <laughs> On this season finale episode, which has been amazing. So, I'm going to say this one more time, and then we're going to move on. Isaac, people got to see these movies, right? They're awesome. And see if the, uh, in the original language, please, yes. for the l- love of Naga, yes, another Fire Emblem uh, reference. 
parents. I don't even care at this point. Uh, see it. You can watch a movie with subtitles. I, uh, I speak it as someone that uh, watches movies with subtitles every uh, uh, every bloody day. I watch bloody time I watch a movie that isn't sweet from Sweden. It's possible to watch them without uh, to give a full experience. Yeah. Open your eyes uh, like a, g- a good soldier of uh, snowy weather. Yes, yes. Watch it in the original language. Um, the dub is probably okay, but the movie was intended for being Japanese. The subtitles are excellent. They don't move too fast. The, 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 I think you'll get, and especially being that it's an era-based anime property the fact that you listen to it in japanese in the era that it's in it kind of helps you be more immersed in the world they're presenting and creating um it'll make the experience a lot more worthwhile uh, just to clarify uh, one thing though i'm not against it i'm not a sob only person i missed so tired that people can't watch uh, uh, foreign um, movies without uh without any with subtitles, you could. <laughs> and I say that as someone that prefers the dub uh, on uh, stuff like Cowboy Bebop and Bacana. Right. right. But then again, you got to keep in mind also that when it comes to stuff like certain things are work better with the actor's voice because it was intention for that. That's the in- It captures the intention. And sometimes that's lost in a dub unless you have an amazing voice actor. So... Like I think I think the best version I've seen of dub stuff is like stuff done by Funimation, but more importantly, like um like the Hayao Miyazaki movies. The dubs are like amazing. Yeah, the dubs there is one of the better ones. But then again, you have Disney behind the dubs. So it's different. Because they already respect the Hayao Miyazaki stuff. So but yes, watching real original Japanese, I cannot agree with you more, my brother. Um, so you can watch the Rudy Kenshin movies in Funimation. You can rent it on Vudu. I think they're available in Amazon Prime as well. Um, on your neck of the woods, Isaac, you had to buy them, correct? Yeah. How much did you spend for them? Like, if you if you were to, if you were to give a price for the entire trilogy, how much did you invest? Uh, let me check. And did you buy them DVD or Blu-ray? DVD. Okay. Because I know Blu-ray tends to be like, what, an extra four bucks or something? Sort of like that. Yeah. Let me check. I'm going to go to the... It was about uh, 300... uh, 300... which. Through the internet shop of Science Fiction Wakanda. Okay. Which would translate to like, because I'm an idiot American, translate to, to how many dollars? Like 50 bucks? Uh, 31. 31. That's cheap, bro. That's not bad. So for less than 40 bucks, you can get all three, all three movies on DVD. Yeah. And guys, I'm a Swedish. Uh, Swedish yeah. site. I don't know how it's. Okay. Oh, it's. I remember 
that when I looked for them before I rented them, before I found out they were in Funimation, because I already have a Funimation um, membership, which is where I watch my stuff. Um, I uh, I was looking at Amazon to buy them, and it's not too bad. Like if you want to spend it, this is worth having. I, I'm not spending the money because when I watch them, I'll just watch them on Funimation. Um, but if you want, if you're the kind of guy that needs to own them, put your hands on them. Okay, that sounded worse than I wanted to sound. Um, but you know what I mean. Oh, if you my. want Volkswagen, um, Trump, stay away. Um, so if you need to hold them, um, that's gonna be they're like twenty one bucks a piece. So that's like sixty bucks, but that's Blu-rays. So you can probably get them all DVDs and like for for forty five or forty bucks. These are totally worth your investment for your collection. They're fantastic. I saw them in like my Samsung HD blah 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 TV, and they looked great in HD. So if you get a Blu-ray, get it. Um, or or if you have an opportunity and you're in the states, just rent it. It's like five bucks to rent, I think, and you can watch it and see if it's worth your time. We're telling you if you want to trust us that we actually took the time to talk about it. I'm telling you, you know what we're talking about. We've been doing this for twenty episodes. <laughs> That was really bad. Can I take that back, Isaac? Can I take that? Should I, you know what? I'm going to move on. So, yes, watch the Ronnie Kenshin trilogy. It's fantastic. If you watch them, you're going to be excited when you see the trailer for the new, the two new ones that are coming out later this year, which I know that Isaac and I will definitely cover when they're available. Um, I give the trilogy as a whole, it's an A minus just because of the two little things. That I wanted to see more, but it's still an A minus rating for me. Um, I love these movies. Um, what rating would you give them, sir? An A. So the amateur taco gives it an A because it's aesthetically brilliant. I don't know. There's no positive. Okay, we give it an approval. A for approval. It's you should go see it. Ronnie Kenshin movies are amazing. So before we head out and end season one with a bang i think we have two things that we need to do and isaac what if i told you that we got a twitter listener that send us a thing can you believe that yeah 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 so our friend tavo borrego from the webs at twitter asked us a question so i think we've talked about this off the air and I think it's good for us to discuss this. We can probably shoot a couple of ideas there. So answering this question from Tavo, if you like any of the answers that we give out, let us know in the DMs. We'll include those things in our schedule because we got we're already working on the schedule of things that we're going to watch and record for on season two, which is going to start promptly. We're not going to take any breaks. We're going to keep this railroad going until it crashes and burns like it does. But Tavo Borrego asked us this question. Tavo says, Isaac Brandon, would you ever consider doing an episode on how Netflix has taken some anime properties and done some bad to great stuff? As an example, Voltron comes to mind. So pretty much what Tavo's trying to say is, would we ever want to cover how Netflix has done certain animes, how they've done some of them good, some bad. Now he gives the example of Voltron, but I don't know what he's trying to say. Is, is Voltron the example of something bad or the example of something good? Who knows? I, 
I but think... yeah, we could we could do that. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it a little bit right now because I know we've talked. We have um, Isaac, you and I, we've talked um, multiple times of probably doing some episodes solely on Netflix original anime because we know that that library is ever expanding. Um, or at least animes that Netflix has the sole distribution rights. Because that's the thing. A lot of people don't know that there's animes that Netflix develops for their own sake. But then there's anime that companies only that only Netflix have the rights to distribute. Right? Yeah. And I think like Violet Evergarden is one of those. Yep. And that it's only a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. And we actually covered it on our first episode. See, we know what we're talking about, Tavo. Listen to the pilot. No. <laughs> we didn't cover that in the pilot. Yes, we... No, actually, no. No, it was episode zero. It was episode zero. But remember, we did, like, the... When we are trying things out, I think we talked about Violet Evergarden. It's one of the first episodes. Check the archive. But we did talk about Violet Evergarden. But we really didn't take into consideration the whole Netflix thing. But it's true. They've, like... They've become this... Like, for the longest time... If you're not watching anime on Crunchyroll... Episode Serial was promised Neverland and Dream Crossover. Then when did we do Violet Evergarden? We did it sometime. I just don't remember when. Because I know we did Violet Evergarden. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Let, let's, let's, uh, let's finish. Let's, let's give Tava what he's asking for. So, the thing with, Ta- with, the thing with Tava... <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I'm feeling the espresso and the coffee. So, the thing with Netflix is that they've they've taken the anime, they've really increased their anime presence in the last decade, I would say. Because for the longest time, it was either Crunchyroll or it was either um, Hulu, where, or, where I would mostly see like a huge library of anime. And then Netflix started coming out with their own stuff, getting the rights to things, like, to think... That Code Geass that wasn't available anywhere except Funimation is on Netflix. That's a huge grab. Evangelion is on Netflix. That like Evangelion wasn't streamed anywhere. It's not even streamed in Funimation. It's only stream available. Like you have to buy Evangelion. You know what would make me lose my mind, Isaac? Did no. you imagine if they get the rights to stream Bacano? Haven't you seen Bacchano? I have not. And, and the reason Shame I have not seen... on Jews. No, Jews. no. Don't say that because the only way I can see Bacchano is if I spend $70 on a set because you can't stream it anywhere. You have to buy the whole series if you find it. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like Evangelion. Not, uh, that's not that bad. I know, but I, I, I want to be able to eat. So... <laughs> So that's why I spend seven dollars a month in a subscription so I can watch stuff. Um, but that, but yeah, like Netflix, yes, um, Tavo. To your point, they have they have been expanding the anime, what they have in anime, and what they have offering in a, at a great level. Um, and I think what's making them a more powerful force is the many the rights that they're getting for live action adaptations. That's a big thing. Because they're working on the Kaibo Bebop thing. They're now making One Piece, which is like, what? Um, so that means that probably in the future, they're going to have the rights to do the One Piece anime. They're going to have the rights to do Kaibo Bebop anime, like available there. 
Um, they have original anime. I mean, I, I want to call Castlevania an anime, even though it's based on a video game property, because the art style is such an homage to anime, even though it's more Western. Um, but they have Carol and Tuesday, which is directly from um, Shinshiro Watanabe, which is the creator of Cowboy Bebop. Um, they have Devilman Crybaby. Uh, but we can uh, tell already that we are going to cover the Castlevania TV yes. animated show. Yes, we're going to be doing that. We're we're we have a po- we're thinking of covering the new Pokemon movies coming out. We have a Dragon Quest movie there. Like I don't know. Yeah, Netflix I think has done a fantastic job in making anime. Their live action stuff is what is questionable right now. <laughs> um, that, yeah, like the only good thing that they have, they didn't necessarily create because I think the best live action adaptations that we've seen. We talked about the Iliad, which is the um, which is the the Korean live action adaptation of Jinro the Wolf Brigade, which we actually have an episode that covers it. Because Iliac, even though it kind of goes on its own thing, it is a pretty good adapt. It is a decent adaptation. Um, the Bleach movie is very decent. It's not it's not amazing, but it's good. It's a good adaptation. Full Metal Alchemist. I do not want to talk about death in this podcast. Um, death Note was just horrible. The license Sorry, that they Landon, have. Sorry, but it is. It, it is pretty bad. The ha- hashtag Landon. Um, the um the adaptation that they did for um for mobs oh they have rights to for mob psych 100 is another train wreck um so i don't know it's like i think i like how i i like the good stuff that they're doing in the anime front i just hope that the live action adaptation of cowboy bebop which if we take this ser- oh wait a minute they're doing sword art online too right yep so they're doing a lot of live action stuff. So I think uh, Tavo, to answer your question, they're doing great stuff with the anime stuff. They really have to work on the adaptations. I really hope that the Cowboy Bebop live action adaptation changes changes the the what's the word I'm looking for? Trans elevates the platform to a premiere anime outing because. The anime that they have, like they have a lot of anime that you can only watch on Netflix. So that doesn't necessarily mean they have a, not an anime that everybody watches. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the main anime series are not making it to Netflix once they're over. So I hope they keep working on the original stuff and adaptations. I hope they become a solid place for unique outings. Like I was watching Sirius the Jaeger, which is another sole Netflix distributed anime that's actually pretty good. Um, I haven't seen the Voltron thing. But I know that Vol- the Voltron show had like what, like six seasons. Like it was a big hit for Netflix because they did like six seasons of it. And then they had the Saint Seiya one, which looks horrible. But um, I don't know how it did. But yeah, I don't know. We're gonna cover. We- we're definitely gonna cover some anime stuff in the future. And but more, th- but I'm more excited about the live action stuff. What say you, Isaac? I mirror your statement for once. Wow, it's uh, it's the it's the sun falling down. No. I'm glad. I'm glad that you agree with me, sir. I'm glad that uh, that you feel that it's okay to agree with your co-host. Um, For once, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything? Is there any particular anime that you think that you've seen in Netflix apart from Violet Evergarden, which we both agree is beyond? 
all doubt amazing, which I'm excited for the live action, not live action, but I'm excited for the movie. Actually, you know what? I just thought about something. Could you imagine a live action Violet Evergarden movie starting Anna the Armas? Yeah, I could see that. That would be amazing. Um, do you have anime recommendations for people out there from Netflix? Because I know you from told me about Sirius Jaeger. Have you seen anything else? We have Guilty Crown. We have uh, if uh, which is uh, sort of like a science fiction uh, series. Uh, we have Psyche. Uh, Psyche. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce that. Oh, Psyche K. Psyche K. If you want a weird comedy show, if you want uh, if you want a sweet drama, where you have your lion April. And if you want sort of like, uh, if you want to, uh, if you li- uh, like Shonen and you, if you like Supernatural, I would recommend Blue Exorcist. Oh, yeah. And then we all, uh, of course, have Erased, if you like, sort of like a murder mystery. The, I can tell you right now that uh, in that show, uh, it there is... Uh, a live action and uh, the anime adaptation for that one on Netflix, I think. I know the animated version uh, is, but I'm not so sure about the live action. But last time I checked, it was there. This is a show that uh, uh, this is a show that can be hit or miss based on the ending for you, but it's still worth g- giving it a shot. I know uh, some people hate the ending, some people love it, some and some uh, some is okay with it. Hope that makes you happy with the way we answer that question, Tavo Meister. Um, thank you for writing the question in, and we encourage everybody that listens to this episode or that listens to any episode and wants to share their thoughts with us, please send us a DM at Amateur Otaku Pod. Um, or send us an email at amateurotakurtf at gmail.com. Um, we definitely want to hear what you have to say to us, what animes you want us to cover. Um, and we want to channel your thoughts and converse and converse anime with you guys. So thank you, Tabo, for the question. You're awesome, dude. Um, we have one more thing in the docket, sir. And, and we're actually bringing something back that we have not done in a long time. And it is a dream question. I don't know if I should call it a dream question, but we're going to have a dream topic. Oh, there we go. There it is. Dream topic. And we're going to talk about, we have a question or an idea or something that we're going to discuss about. And I think it was perfect since we're talking about Roni Kenshin and samurais and swords and battles and blood and, uh, I don't know, fireworks, that how about you and I name... I hit you like a wrecking ball. No, sorry, wrong song. <laughs> wow. No more songs today. Okay, we've done enough. You started with the Western song. You end it with Miley Cyrus. I don't think that's a good circle. In, I don't... Insert Katy Perry fireworks. There, I've done it. That's actually my fault. I accept it. <laughs> so, how about you and I name our favorite swordsman or swordswoman? An anime. Cool? 
Yeah, so, uh, you can start. And we can't. Oh, thank you. So it shouldn't be Kenshin. So I'm going to go with. I'm trying to find her name. And for some reason, I can't find it because. Oh, there he is. So I'm watching this anime from old school. It's called Outlaw Star. It used to be one of my favorite animes back in the day when I was a kid. I love it. I still love it now. I, I am enjoying it. And there's this kick ass female samurai called Suzuka. She's called Twilight Suzuka. She kills only before the sun sets. And that's how effective she is. It's kind of crazy. And she fights with a wooden sword, but she is so powerful, she cuts through stuff with her wooden sword. I don't know. I find that pretty awesome. So that's like my first pick. I think we can say like three, because I know we'll probably have more than one, because there's swords people all over anime. So I'm going to start with Suzaka from Outlaw Star. But was it, what was that Suzaka? Suzuka. Suzuka. Suzuka oh, from Outlaw Star. Shame. I don't know how to talk, okay? I'm just trying. So, that's oh, my pick. Shame. Give me your first your first swordsman or swordswoman from anime. Who do you got? Batman. And cut. I mean <laughs> Batman Ninja. He uses a sword do, there. Do you really mean Batman Ninja? I mean, have you seen it? I hate it. Do you really mean that? <laughs> oh, of course I mean that. Okay. Batman Ninja. Okay. That is like that is like the one thing. <laughs> that's that's like the rare Batman thing that I hate. There's something <laughs> about it that just doesn't I don't know, it doesn't jive with me. And I like like the weird elsewhere stuff that they do with Batman. That one in particular didn't just I don't know. It was weird. Too weird for my taste. Okay, so so that's your pick, Batman Ninja. Okay, if uh, if I have to, be you don't serious, have to redo it. I just want to make. I don't know. I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna be uh, serious for now on, even if I like Batman Ninja. No, Ooh. that's fine. You can be that. I just want to make no, sure. No, 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 no. I was uh, I was joking, buddy. <laughs> I will see. Why are you playing with my emotions? <laughs> because that's what I'm doing. Uh, that's what I'm best at. True, true. Uh, okay, so what's sorry, uh, I say uh, uh, Trunks from Dragon Ball C. Yes. Yes. 100%. Especially when he appeared for the first time. And like... Like, how cool was it when Frieza comes back from the dead? And you're like, holy crap. Where the hell is Goku? He better run the red lights. <laughs> come down from space and suddenly there's this kid that nobody knows who he is first of all he goes super saiyan and second of all he slices frieza in half okay that's pretty badass yeah he doesn't just uh, slice him in half he slices him like it's uh, going to be a, a shish kebab yes and it's like it happens fast and it's like it's like the first time that you're what I think that was one of the first the first time that I probably I don't know if I thought about this, but I'm thinking about it now. It could have been one of the first times like I was watching that as a kid and you didn't see blood and I was disappointed. Because I wanted to see like everything just go you know out of Frieza when she was cutting when he was cut. I keep saying she because she has a very female voice in English. But he 
is what we're talking about. Um, and I never got that. Frieza, he's a guy. Uh, so, and then his, like, his entire family is based on freezers um, and refrigerating equipment. That's that's just anime. It's, it's a funny. time to leave this refrigerator. Okay. So, you got Trunks. I got Zuzuka. Um, another one that I love, and I think... See, we can't say Kenshin, so I gotta pick something else. Sword, anime, think, Brandon. Oh, bro. Bro, Kuwabara from Juju Hakusho, bro. That's uh, another one that I haven't seen, actually. You have not seen Juju Hakusho? Yep. You know what? The fact that you've watched the other 7,000 anime in the universe excuses you. <laughs> so it's fine. But yeah, so the thing about him is like, for ex- and it's weird because the main character, Yusuke, right? Yeah. He has, the, he has a spirit gun. Like he literally puts his fingers like a gun and he fires spirit energy. So the thing with Kuwabara is that he's able to generate a sword made out of spirit energy. And that kind of makes him kind of badass. Apart from the fact that he's like the he's like the Sonosuke Sagara of the Yu Hakusho universe, kind of. I don't know. He was pretty cool. I like I like that. So I'm gonna go with him. You you got another one you would pick? Ichigo Kurosaki. Nice. Very nice. Very, very nice. Ichigo. I don't know. I like Renji a lot. Especially because his Bankai is like this weird serpent that doesn't make any sense, but apparently just looks awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ichigo's pretty cool. So, okay, so my last one that I'm going to pick, I got to go with, uh, I got to go with the new kid on the block. I know you haven't seen it, but I'm going to go with the new kid on the block. I'm going to go with Tanjiro from Demon Slayer, the main character. I haven't seen Big Slayer yet. I know. I know. That's why. that Demon Slayer, Tanjiro, he's he's a pretty cool... It's funny because in this day and age, like, you kind of expect... You, you know how most lead characters are, like, this kind of rough young guy? You know what I mean? Like, the thing with Tanjiro that I like the most is that he's, total, he's the total opposite. Like, he is, like, the most honorable, calm, and collected lead young man that I've seen in a long time but he's like and the way and you kind of see his whole training montage and how he developed his skill with a sword and all his techniques are like right out of Street Fighter I don't know man it's it's pretty cool and the use of color in that anime is like fantastic um, and how the sword plays into everything he does so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Tanjiro from Demon Slayer as my third pick he's pretty awesome um, you got a last pick? Uh, I have uh, General Samurai uh, Sham- uh, Samurai Champloo. Oh, nice. That's the main guy? Yeah. Nice. You know who I'm surprised that you didn't mention? Nope. What's the name of that guy? Um, the guy with the sword in his mouth from One Piece? Sorrow. I'm very surprised you didn't mention him. He's pretty cool though. <laughs> he's like honorable. He's like he always like honorable mentions. 
Why? Because he has a sword in his mouth. Doesn't make sense. How do you think they're going to make Zoro in the live action? Are they really going to put a sword in his mouth? Yeah, probably. Yeah, Very probably. Sick. But yeah, uh, so you said your last pick was the guy from Samurai Champloo. That's pretty cool. You know what I like the most about that show? No. Nope. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, Samurai Champloo is like the project that Shinichiro Watanabe grabbed right after finishing with Bebop. I think that came out, what is it, late 2000, was it? Like 2008 or something? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So the cool thing about Samurai Champloo is that just like you have Cowboys in Space mixed with jazz, Samurai Champloo is literally Samurai Mystery with hip-hop. And it's just fantastic. And the battles are pretty legit. And because it is Watanabe, when you get to the action and the blood, it's pretty brutal, but it's pretty cool. So that's a, I, that, that was an awesome pick. Cool. So that's Swordsman in anime. That's awesome. We should do this. We should bring this back for season two. Do more topics and just do random stuff. And Volkswagen. Oh. This was an awesome episode, dude. I had yeah. fun. Have fun. Insanity. Um, can you believe it? We're a year old, dude. 20 episodes yeah. in our first year. Isn't it exciting, man? Yeah. We're one year old, man. And we got so much more stuff to come. So thank you for joining us in the season one finale of the Amateur Taco Podcast. Go see the Ronnie Kenshin movies. Send us your comments, your tweets, your DMs, things you want us to talk about it. We will include it in the episodes so we can make the conversation more interesting and awesome. Because more than anything, we do it to share our love of anime with you guys. So we definitely want to hear what you guys think and what you guys are watching. So, um, Isaac, where can we find you, bro? You can find me at uh, Emblemaniac with C and... We also have uh, created an Instagram account for the series called with a handle. Let's see. Uh, which is Damage Taku, basically. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. So we're on Instagram, so we're fancy with pictures. So, also, you can find me at the Scarlet Fan 52. Um, and you can find a lot of great writings by our friend Isaac at Wobam Entertainment. Um, he recently put out an awesome review on your name, which is the awesome anime movie that we will be talking about very soon. Um, we have a lot of great stuff that we're going to cover in season two. Um, we're going to cover the Castlevania series as a whole because season three is coming up. We're going to talk about the new Pokemon movie. We're going to talk about Weathering With You, which is an awesome movie that recently came out from the makers of your name. Um, we're going to talk about Fire Force, Dr. Stone, and plenty of other stuff. So stay tuned. Stay subscribed. Give us a thumbs up on Twitter uh, retweet, do all you do to show us your love, but also if your podcast system or whatever podcast web browser, whatever you're using, if it has a rating system, 
give us five stars. If you're an Apple podcast, give us a five-star review. Let us know that you love the direction we're taking the show, what we're doing. We want to make sure you guys are happy and you guys go along the ride with us. And if you give us a great rating or a five-star review, that will actually allow other people to find out about us. And then we're all talking anime and going madness. And that doesn't make sense. But then we all go crazy talking anime, have a great time. And to have a great time talking about stuff we love, that is why we do this. Also, you can check me out at the Shatter After podcast, which is a film analysis and thought podcast that I've started. Um, Isaac has actually come along for the ride. He's talking movies with us. The first episode just premiered recently, and it's all about Joker. So you can find it on Anchor at The Shatter After. And you can find us on Twitter at The Shatter After as well. So, peace out. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us this one, this year number one. And we look forward to see you in next episodes. Have an awesome, guys. Peace. Peace.